Welcome to episode two of the MTB Fitness Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Jamie Edwards of Trained Brain. Jamie works with many professional athletes, but most interestingly to us riders is the fact that he's worked with the Athertons as their mindset coach for eight years. Today, we're chatting about the mental side of riding. We cover why being in the moment is so important for us mountain bikers, how working on your away from riding life benefits you on the trails, some tips Jamie gave the Athertons, and what happened when England goalkeeper Joe Hart came to Jamie for coaching. It's a wicked episode. I really hope you enjoy it. Here is episode two. Hey podcast, today I'm sat down with Jamie Edwards. Jamie is a mindset coach and has a personal development company called Trained Brain. Jamie started out as a professional basketball player, but at only five foot six when his teammates were over six foot, Jamie had to work hard to get the upper hand. He then moved into personal training before becoming a mindset coach and motivational speaker. He now works with top athletes and businesses. He's personally coached the likes of pro footballers like Gareth Bale, cricketers such as Freddie Flintoff, and probably most interesting to us riders, who is a mindset coach of the Athertons for eight years. Today, he works with top players such as Ruben Loftus-Cheeks, Joe Hart and Luke Shaw, amongst many others, and he's constantly helping people apply mental skills to different areas of life. Jamie, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Very good to be here. So I think it'd be great if we started with, obviously you used to play basketball when you were younger, didn't you? I did. Um, I'd love if you talk a bit more about that and tell us how you managed to go from, you know, when you were five foot six, you're at a disadvantage already. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, from, obviously you're, you're from the area and we're, we're from the same neck of the woods. And um, so, you know, I started off at school and, you know, people often, you know, say, oh, basketball's for, you know, for tall people. And, you know, I always say that I'm, I was six foot five and people look at me in my workshops and they go, where were you a basketball player? So, and I say, well, actually I just turned the numbers around. So I'm, you know, I'm five, six, but that small shift in thinking had a massive impact on my performance. So playing with people who were way over six feet, six, five, and even six, 10. Um, but, you know, what I found was people were, used to walk as though they were five feet and that was like that confidence and so um, so that was my first introduction to, to mental training where I had an, a mentor somebody called Alton Bird who was arguably the best American to come to the UK and he said to me the difference between you and the next player well actually said person you and the next person is not talent or ability it's how you think so you know that was that you know that stuck with me and I was 14 or 15 at the time got it and then how long did you play basketball for then so you're obviously a professional you went to the commonwealth didn't you is that right yep I was so I played basketball I don't even I never get asked that question how long do I (laughs) how long did I play for um but I I ended up getting injured which was interesting you being um you know a personal trainer I ended up getting injured in my early 20s so I had two hernias which today wouldn't stop an athlete from from playing you know with the 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 advances in surgery that they have Um, so I was around mid-20s and then I ended up going um, I was always coaching basketball as um, you know kind of not my side hustle but it was like you know it's why it's what I did as well I loved working with young people and I ran some of the biggest camps in the country. So what I ended up doing was um, 
you know, kind of, I was coaching mental skills in basketball. And, you know, some of the people I've, I've coached many years ago who've started businesses off the back of saying, you know, all those things you used to teach us back in the day. Um, I started my business because of that mindset stuff you used to teach. So, um, so I had a short career, but a successful career. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a Commonwealth gold medal. Um, met the Queen and, uh, you know, yeah. So, and, and have uh, a few England caps. So, so yeah. So, um, I had a very good career. Very, very good career, but it was short. And then have you done mental kind of work with people ever since? Or in basketball? Uh, just in life in general, in your career since, since basketball. Has, has your career always been working on the mental side of things with people? Yeah, so I, I you know, my, my, my career kind of um, morphed from coaching basketball um, and having, you know, camps and, um, you know, contributing to Nike's grassroots basketball program in the UK um, and working with the NBA. I consulted with the NBA for um, for a few years, and then morphed into mental skills, which is what you know what you know it's like a just a natural progression. It wasn't something I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I was always doing it. And, yeah. Um, you know, so people who I played with and against, you know, somehow I must have had this banner on my forehead saying, you know, mentally <laughs> tough. So, um, so yeah, so I. I was always coaching mental skills and giving, you know, whether it was advice to players and young players, and 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 it, I fell into golf. So, what's some advice that you give to players? So, like people like Gareth Bale that you work with and Joe Hart, and what are some what some examples of advice that you would give to those people? Well, I think the um, I think the first thing that it's it's not like okay, here's the cookie cutter approach yeah it's not like do this do this um, they all come with very different challenges and at different stages of the career and probably more importantly their life you know I I often say I'm more interested in what they're like outside of their sport than actually in the sport and yes they've come to you know we've connected because of their sport but you know my you know, my guidance, my insight over the years has been, you can do the job, you can, you can, you know, you can manage the business, you can run the company, you can play the sport. It's something else that's usually getting in the way that's causing you to think and feel the way you do. Can you think of an example of something that would get in the way? So you don't need to give name names, but is there a specific example that comes to ab mind? Well, ab absolutely. I think I think one of the challenges with this area, Matt, is that um, you know there's there's been a I guess a lot of um, myths around how you work on on your mind, and and also um, you know the you know it's a very popular topic at the minute, which is you know mental health and you know, I, you know, one of my um, passions is to make sure people get this before they even think that they need it. So if you think of, and I love the fact that you guys are mountain bikers, so, um, and I use this a lot. So uh, you've got a mountain, uh, and, and that could be the mountain of life, the mountain of mountain biking, the mountain of success, the mountain of sports, whatever it is, or, you, or your career mountain. And this came about because a dad said to me once, he said, he said, um, he said, Jamie, my daughter, she's got loads of potential. And, um, and I said, that's great. And he said, well, 
you know, but he said, why can't she just do this, this and this? And um, and I said, well, you're sending her up the mountain in a cagoule. Now, for those people who don't know what a cagoule <laughs> is, all right, because I did a talk in London once and people didn't <laughs> know what faces, Yeah, they were blind faces, yeah. It must, be a, must be a northern <laughs> phrase. But a cagoule is a lightweight jacket. So I said, you're sending her up the mountain in a, in a lightweight jacket, in a cagoule. And, um, and I said, we know it's going to snow up there. Yeah, we know it's going to rain. We just don't know when. We also know there's going to be a big ravine. Yeah, and but you've only equipped her with a lightweight jacket. So what she's doing is she's going up the mountain, and she's going. Oh, it's a bit cold up here. I need some different equipment. I need some different tools. And so what she really needs is a big, um, let's say, a big north. I shouldn't be advertising here, but you know, I always use the phrase "big North Face jacket." That's what she needs, um, and so she's already going up the mountain with the right equipment. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like rather than waiting until you hit roadblocks and you're stumbling and you start to fail, you're preparing yourself in advance. So when a roadblock comes up, when you get that big ravine, you're yeah. already prepared for it. Absolutely. You've got some tools. You've got some skills and. You know what's what's interesting in your world in terms of uh, let's say the fitness world so same thing most people only you know they're only addressing the fitness they're only addressing the health when something usually goes wrong they're not doing it in advance and very similar to let's say mindset and mental health today it's you know this is a huge challenge is that people really only look at their mind when something's going wrong yeah yeah so that's that's my passion is to make sure i've just done a session today with a group of young footballers and again I, you know i say i want you to have this before you get to the first team because otherwise then i get a call when you're a you're in the first team okay and we could have put this in place earlier and they're looking at me like well isn't it too late and i go well actually you know if you want to if you want a, an oak tree, yeah, the best time to plant for an oak tree is 25 years ago. Yeah. But the second best time is, is today. Is today. <laughs> so, so why don't we, you might not have had these mental skills as a youngster like I did, but we can give you, you can, you can start today. Mm. Yeah. So do you have an example of some of those mental skills that you teach people? So to thicken that jacket, if you like, or like with those footballers this morning? Well, I think, you know, it's a, it's quite a broad yeah, area. You know, yeah. you, that's not that's, something that's, you can describe in yeah, 20 minutes. It's, it's not something that I can describe in 20 minutes, but, you know, I think for, for most people, they talk themselves out of a performance. So, you know, and, you know, if we, if we go back to, you know, it doesn't matter what your sport is. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, and one of the, one of the, the, the resistant, phrases I get is well I'm not professional I'm not doing it for a living and I know if there's anybody out there who you know yes you might not be um, riding down a mountain for a living or you might not be playing tennis for a living but your mind doesn't know whether you're at Wimbledon or whether you're riding down at Fort William yeah. Yeah? you know to your mind it's there's, you know, there's this feeling that I've got, you know, at the start of the of the race run or the start of your downhill run. So the local tennis guy or the local golfer who's playing in his club championship, well, that's his British Open. 
So, so what I always say is, okay, are you in a position where you, you're ready to play or you're ready to perform? And most people only look at, well, what am I doing on the bike or what am I doing during the competition? I'm interested, what's your mindset? Even before you've got to the top of the mountain to come down. So I'm looking at how you're thinking before, I'm looking during, I'm looking at in between races or in between, you know, again, look at, apply it to another sh a sport, you know, it might be in between a shot. Um, and I'm looking at how you're thinking after. Yeah. I think tying into that, I've read somewhere that you don't believe in the positive mindset, you've got something called a neutral mindset. Is that right? Yeah. Can you explain uh, a little bit more, I, I, more about that? I can, and, and you know, um, if there's one thing that, you know, when you say to somebody when they're not thinking well, it's just be positive. Yeah. Yeah. And so you might as well be sending them to the butchers and say, just get me some meat. Well, the butcher's going to say, what kind of meat? Okay. What do you want? Chicken, pork, beef. Um, so he's going to say, he's going to be specific. Very often somebody's told or asked to be positive and they look at you with a blank face. Like, what do you want me to do? Mm. Yeah. And so... What I, what I always say is like positive is too vague. We need to be a bit more specific. And there's different emotional states that you will need at certain times. So if you've got a little tricky technical run, mm -hmm. then you don't want to be on a scale of one to 10. You don't want to be at like nine, yeah. like Rip the trail's head off. Yeah. They you, just fall off. Yeah, because you're going to fall off. You know, at that point, going through that little technical section, you want to be calm. Yeah, um, you might need to be focused. Yeah, but let's say you're in the gym. That might take. You might need to be at nine yeah. to get that big rack up. Yeah. So that's like, well, do you want chicken? Do you want fillet? Or do you want dice? Oh, okay. It's like being really specific. And you're using them at different times. At different times. So the key is knowing, well, you know, what kind of state of mind do I need to be in? And when do I use it? And then can I change? Can I go from, can I go from calm to courageous? Mm -hmm. Because here's the flip side of it, Matt. Most people, um, you know, the popular phrase, I just flew into a rage. Yeah. Well, if you can fly into a rage, well, that's a good notion. Imagine if you could just fly into a calm yeah. and go the opposite way. So we just accept we can fly off the handle. Yeah. But could we do that the other way? And so that's, that's really having the ability and the skill. And that's a word we're going to come back to. It's having the skill to be able to go from um, one state of mind to another, not just reacting. Yeah, I understand. That makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. And I think you know it's one of the things that um, you know you some of the the most famous down downhill mountain bikers that you you know very well. Um, that was some of the you know some of the the um, the skills that we you know that we look to to develop with them. So when you work with the Athens, then that was. How would that tend to work then? So you'd sit down with them like on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Do you speak to them daily? Like, what what does that look like? So that was um, it, it. It was a while ago now, and uh, <laughs> you know, and and we had some some great times, and and I, I saw them grow, um, not just as 
as individuals, but as, as a team, and you know, and and, and it, it didn't just involve working on them, you know, their ability to work on the bike and and their, their performance on the bike. It, it was also outside of um, off the track, outside of the sport as well. And so, what was really really interesting is when we first met, and I remember it was one of their sponsors that introduced us, Red Bull, because I was consulting for Red Bull at the time, and I said, "Can you?" You know, we've got this group of athletes. It'd be great if you could, if you could sit down with them. And um, they hadn't won any big titles at that point. And you know, I I I often say, you know, it's it's great having the best equipment. It's great having the best sponsors. It's great having the best tools. Um, but it's adding another set of skills to what you've got. Yeah, and so. You know, going back, way back, we met at a hotel in in Chester, going way back, uh, with the manager, Dan Brown. and uh, Still the manager today. Still the manager today, yeah, t- still the manager today. And, um, and it was about finding out, you know, okay, what's going on, what's getting in the way. And, um, you know, they had a huge passion for, for riding, but it was kind of like looking at for, you know, well, Okay, what next? Okay, so for them, they were very much in the present, loving riding, but it was getting them to see the future and what that could look like okay. for them. Uh, and there's a there's a very subtle difference, and it's important for your um, for for your audience and your listeners to to know the difference between seeing the future and being in the future. So if you're in the future going, well, okay, I want to be there and imagine um, kind of transporting yourself 10 years or even a year out and going, I want to be, it's like, it's like saying, um, I want that new job. There's a difference between seeing yourself in the job or actually being 12 months out in advance and not taking care of the present moment. So what we did was really etched out what does that future look like and then then you take care of it every day and eventually 10 years comes and you go oh i'm here i'm here and you know some of the proudest work that i've done is with the abertons in seeing how they've evolved as a brand and how they've evolved as as um as people because you know i've seen them seen them grow so so am I right in saying there that you kind of, some people live in the future, if you like, and you daydream about it, but don't work on it. Is that what you mean there? You kind of need to see where you're going, but then get right back into the present and think, right, what do I need to do now? What am I missing? What absolutely. Am I not Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, yes, I w- it's like, I want the trophy. That's being in the future. Yeah. But actually, what are you doing? Right now. Right now, this day. And tomorrow morning you wake up and you'll go what what can I do today mm-hmm. that's gonna lead me to where I want to go yeah and then on Wednesday you wake up and go what am I gonna do today as opposed to well you know I just I just want to be the best downhill rider in the world or I want to be them I want to be the CEO of the company or, yeah you know so that's being in the future but not taking care of today so are there any techniques that people listening, that your everyday rider, they have busy jobs, that, that they can do to track what they're doing on a daily basis? 
Yeah, so I think um, you know one of the one of the things that I, I like to first of all introduce to anybody that's and, and and I say anybody that's quite it sounds vague, but my passion is to to help, let's say, a professional integrate this not just in their professional world but into their personal world, um, because I always say that. Um, professional transformation starts with personal transformation okay you know so if you're a business leader or you're you work for an organization or even you work for yourself then you can't go to another level unless you are personally going to another level so so you know let's take the Athertons as an example you know they were looking to be um, elite performers as riders yeah but I had to have them look at themselves first as individuals, not as the guy on the track. It had to be the person off the track. So why is that so important then? It's very important because very often, um, very often uh, an, an athlete will come to me and say, it wasn't the Athertons in, uh, specifically, but um, even it was Joe Hart many years ago and he said, he said, Jamie, I don't know what to do. and. Um, He'd just been dropped by Manchester City and about to be dropped by England. This was about five years ago and in a World Cup year. And and uh, I said, do you know how to play in goal? And he said, yeah. You know, he's like, look, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't look at, I don't look for the obvious. I'm looking for the non-obvious. And, uh, and, and he said, uh, and I said, are you training hard every day? And he said, yeah. And I said, you already know what to do. So my belief is that, you know, if you're, you know you're in a business you're doing your job you know what to do you know you know what to do to train somebody to get their body better and to perform better yeah you know, physically um, so my belief is you already know what to do the question was who do you need to be who do you need to be to get back in the team who do you need to be to win more downhills who do you need to be to go to a different level not what do you need to do then it so most people in a crisis, Matt, in a crisis, and unfortunately, people look at how they think when there's a crisis. When things are smooth, you don't need to. When do things don't yeah, need to. Exactly, they don't need to. So when there's a crisis, the default question is, what do we do? What do we do? Brain's going, what do we do? What do we do? How do we, how do we solve this? Yeah, and, and brain's going, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but if there's one thing that you can take away from this is actually revert that and say, who do I need to be? And then, what do I need to do? And what was the answer for Joe? Um, well, I, you know, it, there was lots of answers, and, and it was, um, you know, be more open. That's what that's there. So be more open to the new relationships, right. um, new manager, new goalkeeping coach, that type of thing. Um, being open to new new scenarios, you know, whereas when things are going well and a career's going well and that doesn't and and very often you know someone will say well that's football it's not downhill mountain biking that's that's golf it's different from a team sport and i'll say no you are the same the criteria of playing the sport might be different but ultimately we're we're dealing with you first when you go to another level, then you can impact teammates. And so that's that's the first part. 
The second part is really to understand that um, we can sort the sport out very easily. Yeah, I often say that's the easy bit. Um, and if you sort the sport out, you've still got to come off the track. Yeah, yeah. We can sort we can sort the 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 business stuff out. You still got to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can sort the football out. You still got to get off the training pitch. So. If we if we look at the person off the pitch or off the track first, and that individual personally goes to a different level, then you step on the bike, and you step into the sporting arena or the business arena, and that person will go to a different level. And would you say that that works both ways as well? Because I know a lot of my followers, and, and I definitely get it the same way. If you go out on a ride and you conquer a drop you've never done before, or if you learn to do a jump, you find that that gives you more confidence in day-to-day life. Would you say that they have a relationship both ways? Or? Yes, it does. There's, there's a flip side to that, though. Okay. Okay. So, and especially with you guys, because, I mean, I've got some, you know, a, 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 you know, you guys have, um, there's always stuff going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff goes wrong with the bike that you can't control. Um, the stuff that goes with the terrain okay. that you can't control. Yeah. So when you have a bad day on the bike, you absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay. So that yeah. So 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 that's that's the flip side. So you're going okay. I've conquered something, so I feel great. Yeah. And then the flip side to that though is when it doesn't go well, then it's you feel you don't feel good, and and you know you know i'm going back to times with the avertons where it was dealing with the the down days dealing with the injuries dealing with the you know the the chains snapped on your final race run Mm -hmm. you know how do you deal with that and again it's back to the mountain scenario it's the tools to be able to you know to um you know the the mindset and the, the the willingness to to deal with that, not to not to react to it. So knowing what to do in advance. In advance, and and that's ver- very often, um, you know, I'll I'll talk about it, is anticipating, and don't react. And there was a point where you know I used to even think myself, oh, oh, that's you know, am I preparing them something for something negative? Yeah. But but actually. Um, and it was a good friend of mine who's a former um, deputy commander of the special forces and he he said to me he said Jamie we know we're going to get ambushed we just don't know when is it Moore's law something will go wrong anything that can go wrong will go wrong yeah I think I've got the right name yeah yeah but it's you know it's uh, I think for for most if you anticipate potentially what could happen and then you're not reacting to it going Oh my god, my chain just went. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that how am I gonna react in advance? How am I gonna react when the pressure comes? How am I gonna react when um you know the injury? Yeah. There's a great example of um it was an Aaron Grin race Aaron Gwyn race run and his chain snapped about a quarter of the way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he ended up winning the race. It snapped and he ended up going for it, he just you know tucked on every straight, didn't pedal, and he ended up winning the race. And I think that's a great example there of whether he'd anticipated what could happen or not, who knows, but where a lot of athletes in that situation might have thought, oh, sack it, I've lost now, yep. giving in. He thought, right, well, I'm just going to give it my all. He ended up winning the race. Um, and, 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 you know, we don't know, but maybe um, he's prepared 
for that type of scenario. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, some of his training would have involved um, making it really difficult. So he might have freewheeled okay, and he yeah. might have had some runs where he's freewheeled. So that might be part of his, um, his mental skill, knowing that, if this happens, yeah. this is how I'm going to react. Yeah. So he's not just developing his technical skills of being able to free will, but mentally as well. So it's not, even in that split second, because as you know, in, in downhill mountain biking, seconds and, and split yeah, seconds. Difference. Yeah, huge difference. So the reaction of, oh no, yeah. yeah? That's milliseconds. Yeah, yeah. Well, that can be a difference, can it? And that that's can be the difference. So it's you know mentally, if if that's happened in advance and he he's prepared for that, and we don't know. But I, you know, I know, you know, there are many many things that we did over the years with the Abertons that were preparing them for the eventualities. Yeah, you know, again, both on and off the track. Yeah. That's fascinating, and I think I'm sure everyone listening can see the benefits of that. A lot of my listeners don't have the seven days a week that the Athertons have. Mm -hmm. So how can your everyday rider, who's completely bought into this, and I'm sure they won't be disagreeing that that's beneficial, how can they apply that to their life? To their the life. limited time that they have, you know, you, you get a chance to ride two, three times a week. Yeah, so, you know, what's, uh, you know, I love, I love working with, amateurs mm -hmm. yeah in all sports because they've actually got so much more room to work with you're not working with milliseconds okay, yeah. you're working with yeah. you know with minutes minutes <laughs> yeah yeah working minute he said that i didn't say that okay um so you are working with working with uh, you know with minutes and i i I'll, I'll i never forget um i got invited to one of their the press days and it was the first time I'd actually ridden downhill. So I'd been on a mountain bike before, oh, okay. but I'd never ridden downhill before. And so, um, you know, Luke's laughing in the background here, and he's like, and I was like, um, so, you know, on the on the on the flat bits, getting to the, you know, so, so I was like, yeah, I was keeping up. And I remember Rachel going, Jamie, you, you're pretty good on this bike, aren't you? <laughs> and then I got to, um, and it was full suspension, obviously, and. And I remember it wasn't even downhill. It was just like rocky and bumpy. And, and all of a sudden I'd experienced the, f the front suspension dropping onto the wheel. And I was like, that didn't happen. I'm, I'm never going to complain about a bumpy road in Saddleworth again. <laughs> and, um, and, and we got to the top and I'll never forget thinking, right, so this is why these guys see me because you know it was it was like you know for some you could say it's adrenaline and then the flip side literally you know a, a hair width mm. of a difference it's like fear yeah and so and and then i was i i really understood you know in this downhill setting okay what what are the skills that they really need in those moments and and we talked a lot and, and this is for any level of rider is um, what's your state of mind before you even get on the bike yeah you know so is your mind on the run already with if it's on the race run then you're in the future so even the future can be a minute away okay yeah and so 
if you're worried about something or you're anxious about something, your mind's in the future. If you're angry or frustrated about a mistake or something you've just done, you're in the past. But where you are at your best, and you know, you guys will have experienced this on certain runs. When you're present, you're completely present. That's when you get all the joy, all the excitement, you're feeling, you're, you know, you you feel the air on your on on you know on your face and now, so the point I'm getting to is you're saying, well, you know, what can the the everyday rider work on? Um, the the skill of being present. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, breathing, key one for any any athlete. Um, you know, if you're looking down the run and you're going, you know, think about the questions you're asking yourself. Um, what if I fall off? Yeah. Well, if you ask what if I fall off, then you're in the future. Yeah. So, um, what if I don't make it to the turn? Um, so, it's way out in the future. So, a really good question is uh, just forgetting your present is what could I enjoy about today? Okay. Yeah. What could I be excited about this race run yeah. today? Or if it's not a race run, yeah, just this, what, yeah, this, this downhill, this, this get downhill it, yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even even noticing what's going on around you, you know, for for some, if you're in your head thinking about stuff as you're going up the mountain, um, actually just take a few seconds to actually just go, just put your attention out on, wow, look at the scenery, wow, um, noticing your body, you know, you'll do this when you're getting people to lift, yeah. Can you feel your feet? Yeah. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're getting them present. So it's a combination of um, being in your body and asking really good questions. If you ask poor questions, what if I fall off? That's going to take you out of the present and it's also it's going to affect your state of mind. Why is it so important to be in the present? And obviously there's been an explosion of meditation and meditation apps which very much ties into this kind of stuff. But why is it so important to be in the present and not be thinking about what's down that trail? Because it, what happens is um, the, the second your attention goes, then you stop focusing on what's actually happened okay. in the moment. Yeah. yeah, And it's much more difficult to... It, and in different sports, it has different degrees of, of um, how quickly or effective you can, you can do that. Um, let's take... Uh, Let's take a sport like um, tennis, yeah? Um, quite fast paced, um, balls flying at you, um, you know, okay. staying present very different. Yeah. And it's not very dangerous, yeah? Coming downhill, yeah? yeah? If your attention goes, what if I fall yeah, off? For half a second. For half a second, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, big you know, ravine, rock, tree, whatever it is, that's much more difficult to bring your attention back and then compose, mm. yeah? So the training, and I often say, do the training off the bike. So you've mentioned, you've mentioned meditation, yeah, and there's, there's you know, there's hundreds of apps today, um, but you can literally be present just um, by training yourself. Get off your phone, um, being you know 
being focused when you've got company um, when you're walking be present not in your head yeah so yeah. you can be present to your surroundings um, and I often call it like it's like having a switch in your head yeah um, so if you mentally for listeners think about it like this you've got one switch on the right side of your head and one switch on the left side you switch the right one it takes your attention outside of your head so you can and even if you did that right now, you're kind of looking around the room and you're seeing colors and you're seeing objects um, and you might start noticing things that you, you know, if you, oh, right, yeah, there's a red, you know, there's a red bowl over there that I haven't, you know, I didn't notice, right? So my attention's outside. But if I tap the other side of my head, then actually now I'm going to, that's going to be a trigger for me to go internal. Yeah, so I'm going to go inside where I'm gonna focus, where I'm gonna feel, yeah? Now, this is a, a skill. Most people only get outside the head on the two-week holiday, yeah? Yeah, so true. Yeah. And even then, I'm guilty of it. Like, I'll go on holiday and then I'll end up playing on my phone at night, doing some work and... So, so, so yeah. So we are like... You're, you're still in your head. So, totally, yeah. so let's say before our mobile phone days, mm. it was desk, working head down in the computer all right and then two week holiday you get out you go up a mountain and you go wow look at that scenery <laughs> yeah so all of a sudden your attention is out there yeah um and it's much more difficult today because of like we've got phones and we're still we're still in that uh, our our attention is down and in front of us yeah. whereas what we're looking at is right okay can we get can we get it up and out now riding the bike downhill you don't want your attention up mm. and out you want it to be focused and down but what that's doing it's burning mental energy yeah now you're on your race run let's go let's say that's five minutes down down the hill yeah depending on how good you are yeah could be be about 20 minutes for me yeah um you've got to imagine that you've only got so much mental energy yeah and so to replenish that run or to replenish that couple of hours you've had at the computer you got to get up you got to look up you got to get your attention out yeah yeah makes sense and you got to breathe and what that's doing is it's like um i haven't got a bottle here but if you tip the bottle upside down you're concentrating. When you tip it straight, you're replenishing. And that's the skill. Oh, okay. The skill for most people, they say, Jamie, teach me how to concentrate. But yeah. concentration yeah. is when the bottle is tipped up oh, okay. and the liquid's coming out. Yeah. I actually don't want to teach you how to concentrate. I want you to I want I want you to learn first of all how to replenish. And so today, um, meditation, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big one for labels, yeah? But meditation is replenishing your mental energy. That makes sense. So rather than trying to learn how to concentrate on the trail, it's looking at the rest of your life and yes. thinking, how can I come into it chilled out rather than thinking about work or thinking about that argument you've had. Yeah. You flipped on its head, and it's quite a, a nice way to, to end the podcast, I think, in that I almost saw it as a disadvantage of, well, a pro athlete has seven days a week to work on it, but you're right, for them, they're looking for that tiny little percentage change. Whereas for your everyday rider who never ever even thinks about 
mindset and doing this kind of work, you can go, you can have massive improvements just from spending a little bit of time. A little bit, a little bit of time, and that's that's the you know I get excited for for you know for the the amateur uh, rider, the hobbyist. I get really excited for them um, because they've got minutes to work with. Yeah where i get even more excited for the amateur rider is because then they can apply it to their work life mm. or to another area of their life so they can go oh that's how um jamie works with the avertons on that well actually i can apply it somewhere else mm. i'll never forget excuse me i never forget um i worked with uh, this uh, amateur golf team and uh, a lady in the group said to me she said she said she said Jamie this helps me um, it's really helped my golf but she said it's helped me even more in business and I said I said oh right I said um, where do you work she said Sainsbury's and I said what on the checkout and she said no not on the checkout she said and she was and she was um, a director of Sainsbury's and she said she was applying what we talked about with her her golf and again being in the right state of mind, being present, yeah, not being too far in the future. She started to apply that to her work life. And she said it had had a huge impact on how she was performing on a daily basis and work. And so I always say, you've got to think, how does this apply to me in my sport, but do not leave it in the sport Go arena. To your relationships you've you've your got business to or apply it to business and apply it to relationships. And it's that integrated approach to all three of those areas. And when you because if you can only apply it to one area, you've still got to come out of that arena yeah. into the other arena. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no point in being, you know, I, I say metaphorically, world class in that arena mm. and then coming back off the track and and not being good there so yeah. it's like okay i'm really good at um you know in your world i'm really good at engaging clients yeah but then you come you come out of the the mtb fitness arena and you go into the life arena and you're not good at engaging you know with your inner circle mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, and very often when I'm working with people, it's I know you're good there. We mm. wouldn't be we wouldn't be sitting with each other. Right. But we're working over there. What? And that'll start to benefit. Absolutely. That. And make it happier as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that. I know you've got a call. Is a very very good way <laughs> to end it. <laughs> so yeah. for everybody listening, where can they go to to learn more about you? I know you've got a kind of course is that the right name for it that you like to talk about yeah so it's um it's it's really um useful for you know a, a, a lot of the people that i work with one of the biggest challenges for um not just an athlete you know if you're going giving a speech if you're going you know doing something it's uh, very often people will talk themselves out of a performance before they've even got there mm-hmm. and so um and it's having that ability those tools and skills and those the, the way to you know to, to ask yourself the better questions you know you ask yourself good questions you'll get good results yeah if you ask poor questions you're gonna get poor answers and poor results and so um, so I have a, a program called get ready to play um, and that doesn't matter whether you're playing on a bike or playing on stage or or playing in whatever arena so it's get ready to play 
And if you go to trainbrain.academy, or one word, trainbrain.academy, you can find that there. And we will put uh, an offer on for MTB um, fitness yeah. um, listeners, and we'll make sure that you get a link for that. And you know, if they can have a you know a a, a friends a friends of mountain biking <laughs> um, discount. Now yeah. that sounds wicked, and we'll make sure we put that note and put that discount code in the show notes. Yep. Um, so yeah, that sounds amazing. So that's trainedbrain.academy. Yep. Is there anywhere else you want to send people? Facebook um, or Instagram or? Um, Instagram, Jamie Edwards eleven, and uh, you know if if anybody you know certainly has got questions and um, you know we can we can help them out with that. But the first port of call is um, that mindset before you even get on the bike. Got you. I think that's a great way to end, Jamie. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jamie. It was great to hear his insights into the mental side of riding. Be sure to check out his website. The links are all in the description. And to support the podcast, it would really mean the world to me if you could just leave a review. That shows other people that it's worth listening to and it starts to push it up the rankings. Thanks so much for listening. Leave a review if you get two minutes. And I will see you next week for episode three.